Hi there. Thank you so much for joining and uh, welcome. So uh, the next in-person gathering will be in New York on October 2nd. And I hope that anybody who happens to be around then will join us at Center Yoga on Sunday evening. And I hope to put the um, information up on our website, dharmapunksnyc.com, and punks is with an X. Yeah, that's the next in-person event. And if you'd like to support my work as a Buddhist pastor, uh, everything I do is offered entirely without charge. I live entirely based on the generosity of people who get something from the teachings. So the Venmo is Dharma Punks with an XNYC, the PayPal buttons on the podcast site and on the website. And there's a Patreon link as well. So thank you for that. And tonight we're talking about sense of purpose in life. Only a, a short time ago, back in August, group of five psychologists um, multinational study of some 13,000 participants of various ages. And it was the study went over a four or five year, multi year period. And they found over an analysis of these 13,000 participants that people who have a clear sense of purpose were not only healthier, they had reduced insomnia, anxiety, depression experienced or expressed far less periods of loneliness in their life. And they concluded that it was an important factor in improving the health and well-being of individuals. So um, what does it mean to have a sense of purpose? And uh, how is it different than having a meaning for life? So it must be noted that meaning and purpose, while they're often conflated or confused or intermingled, they actually point to very different concerns. A meaning is how we make sense of our lived experience. It's a cognitive exercise, and it's what allows us to have a sense of coherence as we look back on um, life Purpose isn't about understanding or making sense as much as it is about finding a set of activities that, uh, when we're engaged in it, are motivating, reduce um, what we would call default mode, self-oriented thinking, purpose is an activity that when we're doing it, we're completely embedded immersed in it. Uh, it is an activity that brings us self-esteem. And at the same time, we enjoy or we find um, a sense of well-being from doing it. So you can have a meaning for life. Uh, you can have a, a real sense of what a meaning for life is, but it won't necessarily give you a purpose. It simply tells you what you've decided the whole point of it is. Whereas a purpose is an act, a, you know, activities or, uh, yeah, basically how you spend your time 
and in a meaningful way that is towards something. And we'll define it a little better as we give examples. So a purpose is specific to each individual. We say my purpose is to, uh, we generally don't say too often the purpose uh, of life is to, we acknowledge when we say purpose, we're talking about something that resonates um, in our core self. On the other hand, when we talk about meaning, we generally acknowledge that it's something that transcends self. Uh, we say the meaning of life is the meaning, like there's it transcends me. It's generally when we think of the meaning of life, we're talking about something that we believe is transpersonal, transcultural, that it's something that other people can understand. Whereas my purpose, you might not agree at all, is your purpose. Uh, and I wouldn't try to tell you that my purpose should be your purpose. For example, my purpose, one of the things I love doing is um, playing music. I love also writing Dharma talks. And I love Buddhist pastoral work where I get to connect with people and hear how they're doing and uh, provide Buddhist spiritual counseling. And all of those activities are resonant for me. But if I said the meaning of life is to write music and do Buddhist pastoral counseling, that would be a little bit limiting. It would be weird. But if, you know, but for me, that purpose is something that allows me to experience the greatest degree of well-being it reduces anxiety uh, and it gives me um, something that is deeply motivating. So purpose is a set of behaviors, activities that are uh, towards a beneficial aim and also uh, reduce stressful thoughts. Having a purpose, we always know what to do next. It organizes our actions. It focuses our attention on what to do once our obligations in life are completed. For instance, once we've finished our work, our chores, our responsibilities, our shopping, our, you know, our yoga, whatever it is we do on a daily basis, there still might be time. And if we have a purpose, we will dedicate um, we will then turn towards that activities rather than be stuck having to figure it out each day. Well, what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit on my hands or turn on the telly or, uh, you know, read what's been posted on Instagram or, or, t or, uh, Facebook or, um, any other social media app. So, um, yeah, if, for instance, the meaning of if one's purpose, not the meaning, if, if one's purpose is to engage in a craft like pottery, then the moment we have free time, we know where to turn, what to focus on, because while we're doing pottery, we don't get lost in thoughts of upward comparison, where we look at people in life who have more money or seem to be doing it better. We're completely immersed uh, 
in the activity itself and we feel relaxed and at one and uh, engaged in our life. Uh, so it should be noted that having a purpose and having a goal is very, very different. A goal is something that should be achievable, that can be accomplished, but it's not a purpose. Um, I mean, frankly, that's pretty obvious, but it should be stated that if I said my goal for this year is to lose five pounds, uh, that's achievable. But to say that's my purpose in life, that would be an inane, to say the very least, a very sad purpose. Uh, um, you know, if I say my goal is to write a book, which I did, then what happens once I've written the book? my purpose is completely gone and I'm left empty without anything that brings me self-esteem or uh, so a purpose is open-ended that can never be achieved. A goal is something that can be achieved and we need both goals and purposes. Goals are, are more about uh, seeking rewards once we attain them generally uh, purpose is not about seeking rewards. It's about doing something that when you do it, uh, deactivates default mode operation of the brain, self-oriented thoughts or self-reflective thoughts. It uh, diminishes intrusive thoughts. It allows us to relax. It helps our sense of self-esteem and well-being. Purpose is uh, an intention that's always in front of us my purpose, for instance, could be I want to grow as a Buddhist pastor. I can never achieve that. Or it could be to compose more music. That can never be completed. A purpose gets us out of bed. A meaning of life doesn't necessarily. Your meaning of life could be entirely pessimistic. You could say the meaning of life is you wake up shit work and die. I mean, that would be pretty depressing, but that could be your meaning for life. And that wouldn't necessarily motivate you to get out of bed. But a purpose will get you out of bed. If you love an activity and it creates a sense of well-being and self-esteem while you're doing it, then you'll get out of bed and do it, whether it's pottery or gardening or um helping kids learn to swim or uh, connecting with people at vulnerable times of their lives, supporting uh, people at end-of-life care or supporting people at transitional points in their life, or maybe it's uh, something you know creative and self-expressive, or maybe it's something uh, different, but it's an activity that's attainable in the sense that it doesn't require too many variables or conditions to go right. If I say my purpose in life is uh, climbing Machu Picchu, that would be a kind of awkward purpose because I can't afford to do that very often. I mean, maybe once in a life. So having a purpose should be something that we can get, we can do regularly, yet we can never get to the end of it. So um, if we confuse goals with our purpose, we can wind up with an empty life. If our purpose is too rarefied, once again, we can end up with an empty life. Um, 
you know, if one's purpose is to attain justice for a past crime, then what happens if you do get justice achieved, then your purpose is gone. So it should be much more something that can continue. Uh, also, it should be noted that goals diminish the enjoyment of activities. If uh, I love, um, I love jogging. Um, I'm, I'm very slow. Uh, I do it not for an exceedingly long period, just 20 minutes a day, maybe uh, a mile and a half. Uh, but if my goal was to run a mile in six minutes, I would always be depressed because I'm not going to do that. I'm, not, I'm just not somebody who's running that fast. Um, so setting a specific target, like losing five pounds or running a mile in six minutes or comparing myself upwards with people who are doing the same purpose, uh, but having more popularity at it, that sets me up for no longer enjoying my purpose. So if my purpose is to do music, but then I'm posting my music and nobody ever listens then, and I compare with people who are getting listened to, that would not be very, that would completely undercut the purpose. So the purpose has to be something that we can do that's not too rarefied, that creates self-esteem, that um, is not a goal that can be easily achieved and then we're done with it. It has to be about bringing something that, or an intention to just enjoy the activity. We don't compare ourselves with other people while we're doing our purpose. If you're a professional potterer, maybe you'll compare your pottery against other potters and you might feel down if something if a pot if a bowl you did didn't look that great but if you simply enjoy doing pottery and it provides you a sense of purpose then you don't really care if the bowl is not that perfect you enjoy the activity of this of the clay in your hands and the wheel spinning so one thing a purpose is also extremely useful for is it helps us decide, given the, given the finite resources of money, time, and energy, how we should allocate our time and resources. Um, if I'm facing a choice to go to um, Amsterdam or Maui, uh both are wonderful choices uh if my purpose in life is to engage with nature then i would while amsterdam is absolutely beautiful i would probably go to maui but if my purpose in life is to not only see lovely parks but also to see beautiful art from the 16th century and the work of vermeer and Rembrandt and to appreciate the you know culture of that period, then I'll go to Amsterdam. So a purpose helps me make choices. It um it uh when we have a purpose, we can fulfillingly answer how to allocate our time when we have a surfeit of it. The Buddha makes a very important 
uh, contrast between Tanha and Chanda, Tana is craving things that in the short term provide a lot of pleasure and completely blow out of our awareness suffering. But in the long term, the, the pleasure immediately evap evaporates and all of the suffering is back just as bad as it was before we engaged in the activity. So, for example, drinking, uh, binging on food, binging on social media, binging on just uh, dating apps, binging on uh, or gambling or uh, all of these activities which flood or lead to the secretion of the ward neurotransmitter dopamine, which hits uh, for projecting targets in the frontal lobe. And for while you're shopping, you probably won't feel as lonely or as sad as you did before that activity. But the moment you stop and you come home with whatever you've purchased, you're right back where you started. The dopamine stops very quickly as once the activity is done, and we're right back in the negative affect. We don't have any boost in self-esteem. We don't feel any sense of relief. On the other hand, if one's purpose is to be embodied in life, and you're feeling sad or lonely, but you go to a yoga class, you actually will, not only during that period, the loneliness will go down slightly, you'll be in your body, but your self-esteem and your sense of well-being will go up. And to some degree, the affect that was extremely powerful before it will be alleviated in the aftermath. You'll still be lonely, sad, angry, but because you engaged in your purpose, there will be a diminution. Whereas if you engage in a craving activity, Tana, you're not going to experience any relief in the long term. All the negative affects will still be there. The Buddha called um, activities that promote well-being and alleviate suffering uh, chanda, which is basically, uh, chanda is a desire to act skillfully with what we have, to bring something to the world, and that brings about self-esteem. It doesn't flood us with dopamine, it just leads to a slight uptick in dopamine and uh, other neurotransmitters, but it doesn't blow out of the water in the short-term uh, distress. Tana craving deluges, it's a deluge of, uh, deluge of dopamine. Um, but because it's such a flood, the moment we stop the activity, uh, we're in a mirrored symmetrical decline of, and now we're depressed. Also, um, generally Tana craving is trying to get something from the world. Chanha which is a purpose, is more about bringing something to the world. Tana conditions have to go right. You know, I, to enjoy gambling, I have to win, I suppose. I'm not, I, I'm not somebody who ever gambles, but if I did, uh, you know, it would be the joy of it would also depend slightly on winning, I suppose. Whereas 
pottery, I don't need to win at it. If I was a potter, I would just do it. And there's that activity alone. I'd bring my focused attention. It would it would switch me out of ventral medial self-oriented thinking. I'd wind up in a profoundly uh, immersive, engaged parietal lobe fixated on the world. I would be task positive behavior, which is alleviating. So um, something skillful is always trying to bring something to the world rather than trying to get something from the world. Um, having a purpose allows us to remain balanced, this study showed, unshaken by stress and challenges. So most people, well, pretty much everybody reports that they have uh, awkward, uh, difficult days. And they also note that those difficult days, there are negative emotions. So, and of course, the as we accumulate stressors, we feel worse. So somebody uh, insults us, we or don't like our work, or we're late for uh, an appointment, or we have uh, uh, people expecting things of us we can't deliver, or... Um, we try to reach someone and they don't respond and all of these are stressors. But if we have a purpose in life, the stressors and setbacks are less impact impactful because we have something to focus our attention on. And any anytime you focus attention away from emotionally painful or stressful experiences and sensations, they become less painful. That's how placebos work. Placebos, when you take a placebo, you think it's a, a painkiller. It doesn't have any painkiller in it, but because you've taken it, you pay less attention to the pain in your body. You focus more on the world around you. You, you will report that you're feeling much better. And it's the same way with having a purpose. When you engage in this activity that focuses your attention on the present moment. It immerses you. It's generally something that uses your hands. It's always something that focuses your attention externally because um, stress is associated with default mode operation, which is when we stop paying attention to what we're doing. So if you want to pay a purpose in life, find something that focuses your attention on the immediate world around you, generally something that in some degree uses your hands, um, something where there's either a tactile quality to it, like gardening, music, uh, pottery, or engages you in connection with another human being, helping others. Either of those give you real-time feedback. And because you're getting real-time feedback that you have to pay attention to, you no longer have the um, working memory to start thinking about, oh, shit, what's going to happen to me in the future? And all those thoughts that cause so much suffering. Having a purpose doesn't mean fewer setbacks. It doesn't mean we won't get old. We won't experience the noble truths of old age sickness and death. We'll have just as many challenges as others, but it will mitigate the emotional consequences of those stressors. <clears throat> so it'll soften the blow. And interestingly enough, 
uh, on days when really good things happen, we won't get too carried away. Now, some people think, well, isn't that bad news? Actually, it's good news. The more emotionally balanced people are and less liable to uh, soar with these, I've just met the greatest person I've fallen in love. It's going to be the solution for everything. The less people have these sudden uh, uh, bursts of excitation, so that sets them down, sets them up for again the well-known mirrored symmetrical decline in dopamine and other reward neurotransmitters like oxytocin and norepinephrine stuff like that. So having a purpose keeps us balanced. When great things happen in life, we're like, that's good, but I still got to go and do my per my activity, whether it's, you know, teaching yoga to children or uh, meeting with uh, teaching swimming at the Y or uh, whatever. The, these purposes are things that we still have to focus our attention to, and they keep us from falling too high or too low. They keep us balanced. Um, so having a purpose also has been shown to help us during transition points, pivoting points in life when uh, uh, significant change, like having to move, change a job, switch a relationship, um, stuff like that, which challenge our identity beliefs, our stories of who we are. If you have a purpose, it adds a sense of self that's consistent. This is what I do. This is what I do almost every day that soothes me. And so we feel our sense of self or identity is less in flux, even if we suddenly retire. Um, it's, uh, it still will keep us not only balanced emotionally, but balanced with a sense of identity. It's a challenge because as so many existentialists noted, uh, with the death of God, the concept of God, uh, people believed their purpose in the past was to serve God. And uh, many sociologists like Weber showed that um, people's purpose was often mingled with their work and their work for them was a calling. And they believed that their work or their calling was dictated them by God. So while they were doing it, their calling they didn't have so much of a sense of what's, is this what I'm meant to be doing? Today, each of us has to carve out a purpose without, or most of us, some people do believe there's a God that put us on the earth and that the God came up with our purpose and that we don't have to put any work into it. It's just serving God. But for those of us who are atheistic or have a much more, uh, have a different conception of a God that's not dictating a purpose, we have to do that work ourselves in experimenting, trying out many different disciplines and activities sometimes until we stumble across that thing. We'll know where you found something that can be suitable as a purpose when one, while we're doing it, we're not lost in thought about ourselves. It alleviates future speculative, stressful thoughts about what's going to happen to me. 
Two, we're immersed in the activity. It keeps us grounded in the present moment. And very often it has a constant feedback of information we have to pay attention to. Three, it's either in some way beneficial to others or it helps express our internal landscapes to others so we feel more knowable. In either case, whether it helps others or it's expressive, we'll feel an uptick in self-esteem. So the characteristics of purpose are its activities that we're immersed in, time goes quicker, we don't think about ourselves, we don't worry about what's going to happen to us in the future. It's something that gives us real-time feedback, we're not trying to be perfect at it, we don't compare ourselves with others, and there's a boost to self-esteem. And uh, if we lack purpose, what happens in life is we languish. We don't know what to do next. We don't know what we really want. We're wandering uh, aimlessly through the world. And languishing is a pre-stage. Uh, it leads invariably to depression. So it's deeply existentially unsettling, not knowing what we're going to do next. So I highly recommend um, having or doing reflections and finding, even if it's not reflections, going out, trying new activities, skills to develop and seeing which one elicits that sense of immersion and that sense of engagement. A lack of purpose emphasizes our loneliness in life. Having a purpose diminishes our sense of uh, purpose. Life over time without a purpose becomes boring, filled with drudgery and obligations. So this is why the study showed so conclusively that having a purpose um, is so beneficial to lifespan and well-being. It also enhances our interpersonal appeal. Uh, interesting, another study, I, I forgot to write down the title, showed that people who have a sense of purpose are also found to be more enjoyable to be around than people who don't have a purpose. That's probably because they're less depressed and they're more uh, less talking about themselves. They're more talking about the activity, which gives them so much joy. To say it again, we are much less happy when we're sitting around not engaging with the world around us, not using our hands, not fully engaged in this activity of care. When our minds wander, the studies of um, the Harvard study called A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind, Killingsworth and Gilbert, uh, showed that we are significantly less happy to the point where if you're on a beach in Malibu, but you're sitting around on that beach wondering what's going to happen or what other people think about you or why aren't you more successful, you'll be significantly more miserable than if you're in a dentist chair in Toledo uh, getting a root canal if you're really focused on the sensations around you. No offense to Toledo, it just was the first word that came to my mind. Um, so default mode equals suffering, equals not paying attention to what we're doing, equals wandering thought, equals self-reflective thought, 
task positive equals purpose equals engaged with the present equals a sense of immersion. And over time, if it's something that's a benefit either to others or to our self-expression, then it equals self-esteem. And it's uh, an extremely important intervention on our own behalf. Uh, in addition, purpose not only is an activity where we don't compare ourselves to others. Nobody's a competitive gardener, I hope. If there is competitive gardening, I think that would be a ridiculous sport. Uh, hopefully, people who garden do it because they love the activity, not because they think, oh, Joe down the road has a better looking hedge than I am. I might as well give up and just pack it in and just raise cactuses in my kitchen because I'm no good. You don't give up your purpose because you don't compare yourself with others. You don't care how well other people do their, their yoga, their gardening, their pottery, play the harmonica, whatever. You do it. You're immersed in it. And it provides effortless attention. We're not concerned about being evaluated by ourselves or others. So I hope I managed to define a little bit about what a purpose is. It's a set of activities that are deeply beneficial to our well-being. And when we do them, it doesn't blow out of the water or loneliness, sadness, anger, frustration, but it mitigates it. And after we do it, we invariably feel a little bit better about ourselves, a little refreshed. And while we do it, we don't compare ourselves to others. Our mind is completely immersed in the activity. Time passes quickly. And we are ultimately much, much happier people. So thanks for listening. I hope that was a worthwhile talk. And now we're going to do a reflection on trying to, one, cultivate some inner peace, and two, some reflections on what just might be our purpose. So find a really pleasant, relaxed, upright position if you're at home and you want to slink down on the couch or lie down on your yoga mat on the floor, you can do that as well. You're not obligated to sit upright in a strict meditative posture. Just having a ritual in life where we slow down and come to a complete stop in life and allow all of the busyness of life to dissipate and we land in the present is such a beneficial engagement in and of itself. So closing the eyes. And if you can, please look away from the screen. Put the screen out of view at this time so that you're not tempted to peak, it's important to just switch off the screen for a, a little while so that we can really fully bring the attention within. So when I'm meditating at home, I never sit in front of a screen. I always uh, sit in a spot where there's nothing going to grab my attention
So just finding a really spacious or comfortable place in your body to land your awareness. It doesn't have to be your breath. If you feel most comfortable in your forehead, behind your eyes, uh, the back of your neck, the palms of your hands, just find a set of sensations that feel they offer enough space and ease where you can land your attention and feel like it's a a welcoming arena to just reside. Many of us had COVID over the last two years. Sometimes some of us had it many times. And so for quite a number of people, focusing on the breath is no longer that pleasant. It can actually be slightly anxious, a place to rest the attention. And every time your mind wants to wander back to reflect on unresolved issues of the day or speculate about uh, or anticipate what might happen in the future, just bring it back and return it to a place in your body that feels like a refuge from all the unresolved issues that are not happening in this moment or not significantly bearing on this moment. And if something keeps pulling your attention away, just promise it that you will give it your undivided and sincere attention once the meditation is over and just ask it in a friendly way. This part of the mind that doesn't want to allow you to rest, doesn't want you to drop your guard and just experience peace for 20 minutes. Just ask it to
cooperate in a way that you return the favor and you can later on give it your attention, but you just deserve in your life a time where you can let go of all the needing to fix and solve and address and be there for others and uh, worry about X, Y, or Z. You deserve a time where you can just come to a complete stop and relax into a moment without anything weighing down anything complicating. You just want to be able to land in your life. And if you can't find any part of your body that feels like it has enough sensations to occupy your attention, then maybe pay attention to the sounds around you. Or create an image in your mind of a place where you feel very safe. Just visualize it and then ask how your body would feel if you were there and start to create that feeling of being in a hammock or resting by a river feeling your shoulders relax, your belly soften and no longer be contracted, feeling the exhalation growing in length and Keep bringing back your attention, never frustrated when it gets pulled away. Always feeling good, just noticing that your attention was drifting. Because in that moment, you've developed mindfulness and you've given yourself a way out. The most painful experiences of life are generally not events that are happening around us, but all of the catastrophizing, worrying thoughts that lure us away and keep us imprisoned in a mind of unlikely, terrible outcomes. So this is a practice about just coming back again and again Each part of it is a gift.
So if you like, let's allow our mind to open up the memory resource center and just ask, or what activities in the past, even for uh, a short period, when I did them, I felt a sense of relief, or I found them so engaging, this activity that Everything else seemed to be a little less important. Or what is an activity that I do that in the aftermath, as the Buddha talks about noting karma, in the aftermath, I feel good about myself. Maybe even while I'm doing the activity, it might be at times challenging, but still engaging. But in the end, I feel there's no shame. There's no sense of disappointment. There's a slight sense of, huh, well, at least I can do that. Trying to locate those activities that create a state of flow, as many psychologists note, that state of just being really present, really engaged, one activity leading to the next. And even if the activity you don't feel in any way talented at, it, that doesn't matter in the slightest. Just anything that when you're engaged with it, in some way betters the people around you or someone specific, or maybe you feel a little bit more known by others because it expresses your internal life to others. flow, self-esteem, engagement. If nothing leaps to mind, no worries. You can imagine you're in a really spacious room filled with every activity you could imagine. And this is a safe space where no one critical would be around. In fact, if you wanted, no one else would be around. You could try 
any of these activities without any judgment. And while you're in this room, you can't even judge yourself. You just do it. Maybe there's some paintbrushes and a canvas and you're not in, at all capable anymore of caring if you're good or bad at it. Maybe there's a equipment for embroidery or maybe there's someone there that you could offer support and care. Maybe there's something natural you could tend to. At no point are you comparing yourself with anyone else. It's just about what speaks to me. This is an activity that no matter how well things are going, keeps you even. But even during the roughest times, while you're engaged, but pull your attention away from all that is worrying and concerning for a little while, mitigating some of the stress And so at this point, we're going to uh, slowly let go of these reflections and taking all the time we need. Just bringing awareness back to the room around you.